Watchmen, where we don't review movies, we re-review them. We take a movie you haven't seen in a while and reevaluate. Is it as good as you remember? Is it bad? Is it better? That's what we're here to find out. I am your host, TC DeWitt. Ben is unfortunately not with me again today, but we are joined by a fellow rewatchman, Steve. Welcome back, Steve. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hello. <laughs> oh, wow. That was that was remarkably cheerful from you. Oh, thank you. I, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? It's a good day to be talking to you. What's this? What's this voice? This voice does not. Well, you know what? This voice is perfect for the movie we watched today. If you, by some reason, decided <laughs> to click on this without having any idea what you're listening to. Today we watched the 2001 Training Day starring Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke, Scott Glenn, a number of rappers, directed by Antoine Fuqua and written by David Ayer. Steve, you picked this movie. (laughs) David Ayer. Hmm. That sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. I think I know that name. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Steve, up front, how are you doing? How are you? Welcome back. I'm I'm great. How are you, sir? Yeah. <laughs> you're really creeping me out with this like cheerful oh. voice yours. I'm waiting for oh, the no. other shoe to drop <clears throat> and you're gonna just King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> I built this motherfucker. <laughs> so this will be an R-rated episode, just uh, up front. You know, it's really strange. I, we're gonna uh, obviously this is the whole episode's gonna be about training yeah. day. But this has a, a two-person body count. There's only two deaths in this entire movie. I remembered it being this like violent, bloody movie, and it's not. It's it's certainly R-rated in its content as, as far as language and and oh the, yeah, the the, the content. content and. But this is not a violent film, which is really odd to me because I I think that this movie in in some ways, and we will swing back around to this, stands up as some people's favorites in the same way Scarface is some people's favorites. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But Steve, uh, you picked this. When's the last time you watched this? Did you see this in theaters? What's your general feeling going into this new rewatch? I, I did watch this in theaters. Uh, mm. Actually, uh, it was one of my <laughs> uncle's uh, special take the kids to R oh. films, uh, <laughs> which he gloriously started with things like Starship Troopers and, you know, I, I saw Starship guy. Troopers. I saw Starship Troopers in in theaters as well. I think my older my older sister took me to see it. I think. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie, uh, it's been a it's been a year or two. It, it's been a little while since I'd seen it. Um, yeah. Probably more than a year, actually. Um, it, oh man, it's it has been quite some time since I've seen this movie. I do remember seeing this in theaters. Yeah, so I was uh, this was two thousand one, so I was working at the movie theater. I was definitely developing my snobbish taste mm-hmm. in films as a you know a, a early twenties guy who clearly knows everything yeah. about film. <laughs> just, just know um, so much, TC. <laughs> but uh, I I really I, liked this when I first saw it, and yeah, I, coming I remember, back to it again. We we went to a Black Angus afterwards, right? Like the whole thing mm-hmm. with my uncles, we go go to a movie and then we go out to dinner. And yeah. I think it was like my little brother's birthday or something, and his favorite place was going to Black Angus. So we went to Black, Black Angus. Angus, and I remember talking to somebody in the lobby about this movie, and I was like, <laughs> "Denzel's just so good. Like he's you gotta just, see this movie. It's, it's so good." I mean, I'm like this 13 year old kid talking about this amazing <laughs> Maybe, performance should, by should Denzel you have Washington. Seen this movie? <laughs> well, this this is this movie. It, this won him his Oscar. He he yep. had won an Oscar for Glory for Best Supporting Actor, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, but this is his best actor in a leading role. And is this the only one he has? Yes, yes, it is. He's been uh, up for it multiple times. Yes, a number of times. Um, and he's he's. Uh, yes, hands down. I, I do remember thinking that when he won it, that it kind of felt like an apology Oscar, you know, like those legacy Oscars they give every now and then where it's like, hey, uh, Scorsese, I know Departed's not your technically your best film, but we owed you. <laughs> right? sometimes, it, sometimes it feels that way. But yeah. in, in, in going back to Training Day and seeing Denzel work, man, he is shit. This is one of the greatest on-screen villains of all time. I don't oh, know yeah. if that's and if I'm you, if I'm going too far saying that, but no, no, <laughs> I I'm with you 100, percent especially because you spend like three quarters of the movie with no like real villain. Like he does shitty stuff along the way, but he, it's mm. not like oh fuck you, Denzel. You know, <laughs> like 
he doesn't become that monster against your I mean he's a monster throughout but he's not like 100% like I'm the bad guy like yeah. you know Ethan Hawke's going to have to fight me like he it's <laughs> he, not like he, Bowser he with it. Mario you know like you just right. know that that he's the asshole like he's got to go down he but. makes fair points up to up to it. One one interesting thing, uh, many interesting things about this movie. But this movie is only two hours long, which is mm-hmm. by today's standard that does in a, in a sense feel short. But I think it's a perfect two hours, or I think it's, it's perfectly suited. I, I, I love for it. two hours because there that uh, obviously those who may not be familiar who are familiar with the show already know this but if this might be your first episode uh, we are going completely spoilerific here if you have not seen training day it is currently streaming on netflix that's how i watched it that's how steve watched it uh, so that being said spoiler 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 the halfway point is where he kills scott glenn and that is that is when he crosses the line that yeah. is when it goes from oh this is a a cop with a with a serious attitude to this is a bad guy give him Holy a, bitch. Is a bad guy give yeah. him a bitch so Four decorated officers, highly decorated officers, just saw you shoot that man. Like, fuck. yeah. Now what happened? What happened? Oh man, what happened? it is. You want to go to jail? You want to go home? You want to go to jail? <laughs> or you want to go home, TC? <laughs> this movie is interestingly enough. I tried to look around and see if there's any deep dives or video analyses on YouTube of Training Day, and surprisingly, there aren't. I could not find any really thorough uh, analysis. Uh, videos, video essays really? about Training Day, and this movie is ripe for that because that seems man, this movie really odd. <laughs> I know, right? It, it it's tempting because now I'm like, maybe I should do this, but I don't even know if I'm the right voice for this movie yeah. because this movie it has a voice so distinct. I think having uh, Fuqua direct and Ayers script is some of the perfect, just perfect chemistry when it comes to a crime movie. Yes. That, yeah. He, watching air work on his own is uh, littered with airs. <laughs> 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 or it's really ah, good. Steve. I mean, we, we yeah, he's he, some really <laughs> amazing airs. <so. laughs> yeah. He's he's uh, David Ayer is the kind of uh, he as a filmmaker goes. He's the kind of guy who can strike out playing t-ball, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> you following me here? Because if yeah. you have a tee ball and you're hitting that, that you can knock it out of the park. Easy. It's on a freaking tee. But there are those people who can strike out in tee ball. And I think David Ayer might be one of them because some of his movies, ah, like we recently Everything watched... is lined up. Everything is there for him to, for, for the taking. And then <laughs> yeah. he just, oh, let me fuck it up. He biffs it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, at the end With... of Watch was one of my favorite movies the year it came out just a few years ago. And that's air. It's, it's still one of my. It's. I think it's my favorite cop movie. Like that movie is just just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and uh, and then we saw Bright recently, and Bright's not good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it goes back to just you know a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Lethal Weapon and how you know Air with End of Watch creates this beautiful chemistry with the two mm-hmm. main characters. And, you know, then fast forward to Bright, not quite as much chemistry. I mean, <laughs> but then, but then, hey, re- rewind, and now you have Ethan Hawke and Denzel. Now, I, Ethan Hawke, I make fun of from time to time, because I will say, how many movies are actually memorable or better because Ethan Hawke was in it, right? I mean, yeah. Training Day is an amazing movie, right? <laughs> yep. But who's walking away from Training Day going, man, that Ethan Hawke movie, Training Day, have you seen it? It's so good. <laughs> well, no, this is Denzel's show, 100%. Yeah. But I, I do but, think Ethan Hawke n- yeah. knocked it out of the ballpark with his performance. Yes. I thought yes. he was exactly what he needed to be in that film. He's stunning, like really, really great in this movie. It's it, Because I've been making that joke for so long, that's yeah. like, come on, is Ethan Hawke right? To go back now and rewatch Training Day... I really got to give him credit because his performance, Fuqua's direction for his performance and the script as it's given, it's the, we were, I can't remember if we were talking about this on King Kong last week or if you and I were talking about it through Lethal Weapon, but it's a, it's a, a, a point of conversation I bring up a lot when it comes to filmmaking and it's that chemistry. It's not the chemistry between just the actors, but all the all the chemistry put into the, into the, uh, into the mix and sh- and shaken up to make the movie and 
even freaking Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg work in this film. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's everything works in this movie. I was super it's, surprised it's, when I saw uh, Dr. Dre because I forgot. He was in. He it. was in it. He plays a fucking <laughs> cop. Like I, I forgot. I, well, I remember cop. Snoop. I remembered Snoop when I saw him. I wasn't like, oh shit, it's Snoop. I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna get a pen shoved down his throat. Like <laughs> I, uh, I forgot where the drugs were gonna come from. I, oh. I couldn't remember what end those drugs come out of. When Snoop shows up, I'm like, I know they find crack on him, but I can't remember if it comes out of his mouth or his own crack. <laughs> oh, and I love when Denzel's counting the bullets. Like, oh. 10 years, 20 yeah. years, oh, man, 30 years. But going back to Denzel, though, like, for me, this movie is my favorite Denzel performance. <laughs> this and, is, this so is Denzel's I'm, favorite performance. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably going to get some flack for this, right? But I am not a huge Denzel fan. I think he's good. He does mm-hmm. what he needs to, but he's just Denzel, right? Like, that's the character he plays in every movie now. Yeah, and yeah. this is one of those rare moments where you have Denzel playing somebody else. He is somebody else. Like and he becomes that character. Yeah, when when this came out, he hadn't done this yet. Right? He had yeah. been, he had been the guy from Philadelphia. He had been the the soldier from Glory. He had he had a, a, a style. He was a, a likable leading man, and Denzel is a likable leading man because the yeah. dude just oozes charisma. Even in bad movies. Denzel's amazing, and even in like Out of Time and Magnificent Seven and John Q, it's like these aren't great movies, but Denzel is just he's he's great, and he had not played this type of character until Training Day, which made it all yeah. the more impressive. Of oh my god, Denzel, woo, my man. <laughs> but you know what? I would go back and say like his performance in Glory is very different than his performance. It felt like everything he did after Training Day became mm-hmm. this like kind of I'm just Denzel. This is me doing my thing. Like I love Man on Fire, but he's like oh, the same yeah. character from Man on Fire in like every movie after Man on Fire. E- uh, Equalizer, it's, which came out recently. Yeah, yeah. it's just it just plays. Denzel, like I'm, I'm just Denzel. I came to set, and I'm, I'm really good at being Denzel. But you know, so I, I've never been like huge. Like I know people that like physically like are like, oh my god, Denzel's in this new movie, and I gotta go watch it. And I'm like, yo, like I like him, but when's yeah. he gonna yeah, be like I, King Kong and got shit on me again? Like <laughs> I, I like to uh, see him do things he doesn't normally do. I agree. I agree. That I, I think Denzel is is as I just said, he oozes charisma. But when it comes down yeah. to it, it's I think Training Day is obviously he won his Oscar for it, so it's it's one of his best. But he has previous to that, like Hurricane, if you've never seen Hurricane, holy shit, that, that movie's incredible. How he didn't win for that was was uh, yeah. amazing. Glory, obviously, Philadelphia. Like, he has a, a very strong career, a uh, very strong library of movies. Uh, but this is just he he came to win. Like he brought everything to yeah. I mean, hell, it was his decision to have that ending. Because the original ending, he got away. That Alonzo gets away. You know he's surgical with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Alonzo gets away in the end, or at least drives off with a bullet in his butt. But it was uh I love I love he he gets uh taken out like Sonny, you know, in the oh, God. Like, yeah. Just, but that was his that was his just, decision. He said, I need my comeuppance. This Alonzo does not deserve to win. Which goes to my point, uh what I was saying about people putting up this up there with Scarface. He's a villain. He is not a role model. And if anybody is walking away from training today going, man, Alonzo had his shit together. Uh, you're incorrect. <laughs> he is he is a, a bad guy. He's the villain. He is Darth Vader. He's Hannibal Lecter. He's a villain. He's a bad <laughs> motherfucker, man. <laughs> um, but he's badass though. Yeah. I mean, I give him that much. Oh yeah. I mean, he he is a badass, yeah. but he's he's a he bad just guy. Chews up every scene, man. He just just munches on it. He just kills it. I love it. I mean, I love when they, they bring the folded paper of like Chinese, uh, takeout oh, yeah. menu and you know, <laughs> got a warrant. Like, this is my warrant. Who, who is that uh, actress? I know she's a famous singer. She uh, is the, one of the stars of the original Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, Macy Gray. Macy Gray. <laughs> Macy Gray. That's right. She had like one big song in the nineties. Yep, yep. She sounds like a she sounds like a, a Disney frog cartoon singing like I try to ah! sing. I can't do that. I can't do it. I'm not gonna <laughs> 
Steve, oh, man, rewatching this movie was a, was amazing in that there's so many things that I, I noticed this time that I never even remembered or considered, much like not remembering the ending. Yeah. I didn't remember if he got killed in his neighborhood or, or if he got away. I couldn't remember. He gets under the Matrix bridge and they take him out. Um, but uh, something I really enjoyed about this is this movie is all about choices. You can do this or you can do that. You can go home or you can smiles go to jail. and cries. You can there's smiles and there's cries. It's this or it's yeah. this. And it's funny because for for a character for half the movie who tells you the world is full of gray. Everything's not black and white. Everything is gray. This movie presents everything in a very black and white options. And I don't mean that in in terms of ethnicity. We'll get to that. Yeah. But I mean narratively, this whole movie is about choices do you want to do this or do you want to do this and i love that alonzo has gotten this far in his life by making all these choices that are bad <laughs> but he is he's the king of his neighborhood he's a king that's going to be destroyed because of his hubris but uh his choices led him to the power he's in and man if there's ever been an example of absolute power corrupting absolutely holy shit yeah he he is the ex- epitome of just corruption in you know places of power mm-hmm. i mean and they show it going all the way to the top the the four wise men the, the three know, the three wise men yeah. three wise men sorry um, well denzel was there so them, he counts like, as the fourth one <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's the the film i mean much like you i had a similar experience like even though it had only been a couple years for me it was still like shit i i, I forgot about that yeah. Man, this is kind of relevant. Wow. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's amazing that the corruption of police officers uh, in Los Angeles, and just this, the United States of America, the the corruption of police officers is this timeless tale, apparently, uh, yeah. because this is even based on a corrupt cop, uh, Rafael something, um, Perez, uh, uh, Rafael Perez, who was um, a corrupt cop that... Uh, Denzel actually had them design his costume after. He's this this fallen police officer, and a lot of the elements of Alonzo uh, are developed based on rewrites of the script after the scandal in the, I think it was like the early 90s that um, this similar situation went down. Um, but speaking of choices, Ethan Hawke, through the whole movie, every time... Uh, Alonzo tells him, no, don't do that, do this. He always does the opposite. He makes the right choice. He goes back to save the little girl, which saves his life in the end. He was about to get his shit pushed in, <laughs> man. That was Tuco. That was a surprise. Uh, if you ever watched Breaking Bad, yeah. it was Tuco from yep. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. <laughs> yep. I'm like, hey, I know that face. <laughs> and and uh, I always remember him from the guy from Blood In, Blood Out. Vatos <laughs> <laughs> That dude is nuts. That guy, I, I would not want to meet him in real life. I'm sure he's a sweetheart, but he plays <laughs> A crazy man so well that I'm like, you're you're frightening. You're frightening me. (laughs) You're terrifying. Um, And you had Hector, or the guy who plays Hector in every movie. Yep, that's it. That guy is like Uh, the go-to Latino thug, isn't he? He's like the go-to guy. (laughs) It's funny. He's super nice. I I ran into him uh, when I was eating. Uh, in Buena Park. I guess he still lives out there, and I talked to him for a little oh, that's, bit. That's cool. And he was super cool, took a picture with me, you know, like didn't interrupt him while he was eating or anything, yeah. but, you know, that's super nice guy. I love hearing and, that. I love hearing when, when yeah. people who have some sort of amount of celebrity are, are still nice. It, it's funny. You know what I know him most from? The first thing that pops in my head. Uh, Fast and Furious 2? No, uh, Bruce Almighty oh, when I a think. monkey flies out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I always thought of him as training day. That was that was always my mm-hmm. first like. That's first time you. That's that's where I know. That's where I you know, know you from that. Like when I met him, I wanted to be like, get your shit pushed in, man. But so, you know, like uh, yeah. you know, be respectful, be nice to these guys. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they they aren't the characters yeah, they play on screen. They're, they're humans. <laughs> yeah, celebrities. <laughs> they're just like us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, he was super cool, though. Uh, the but the, I mean, this film and uh, another thing that struck me, particularly because over the past, I don't know, it, it seems to be coming up more and more um, in the past, we'll say, decade, is this neo noir. 
that people keep trying to go back to noir tales, the old Casablanca, yeah. uh, Dame walked into my room, I could tell by the look of her she was trouble, and that the detective story. And we keep getting mm-hmm. versions of noir uh, that are spot on, where you get something like Sin City, which is like, okay... <laughs> Get it? We get it. It's a, it's a, it's it's almost a spoof of a noir in a sense. Um, yeah. But then you get something like Brick, which is like perfection of a noir, and straight up just noir. Yeah. This <laughs> this uh, so Training Day. I don't know if it necessarily fits all the noir tropes because there's no real femme fatale. There's no. It doesn't line up all like the betrayal and the turn and all the the classic Maltese Falcon uh um uh, uh freaking um, broken nose uh Jack Nicholson uh what is it come on Chinatown, Chinatown thank you <laughs> uh even <laughs> but something that struck me in terms of the cinematography on this is I bet this movie would look really cool black and white because there's some real nice high contrast lighting uh, I think in particular, right at that halfway point when he's trying to tell Ethan Hawke to shoot Scott Glenn, mm-hmm. and the light is just cutting right across his eyes, and you can't see anything but his eyes. And I, I like that moment alone. I'm like, this would look really good black and white. I think. Yeah, it's, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, it's this great. Um, it's obviously a cop movie, but it's this great deconstruction of the of the detective cop story. Because you really do yeah. spend half this movie waiting for Denzel to like, okay, he's got his dangerous methods, but he's still a good guy, right? Nope. <laughs> it's okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's a monster. He's, a, <laughs> he's King Kong. It's funny because we did King Kong last week. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I did not think of that until that line came up. I'm like, oh, <laughs> the most classic line from this movie, and it's a call to a the episode we did last week. <laughs> Um, but I, I wonder because this remains so poignant, um, Steve, I'm wondering, how do you feel about this presentation of like Ethan Hawke says it's, it's justice. And Alonzo says, and, uh, Denzel says it's street justice. There's a difference, right? Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's so poignant today, right? It's, it's sad that it continues to be this this narrative that we see on the news all the time of like people taking the law into their own hands and police officers going too far. Now, before I go any further, I am 100% supportive of the boys in blue because it, it, and I think it's a damn, damn shame that continually one bad apple apparently ruins the whole bunch because there are we all, the only cops that ever get coverage are the asshole cops who do the wrong thing at the wrong time. Right. Yep. And we never see the tens of thousands of law enforcement people who do their job and do it well and are heroes and are everything that we are are led to believe that police officers are, which is good. And it's unfortunate that the corruption of the few taints the many. Um, and uh, so I just want to say that up front <laughs> that I I'm 100. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and it, it's you're right. It's it's just terrible what's been going on and that it takes the forefront from the guys that are you know out there doing the right thing being there for other people yeah changing the tire of a woman on the side of the highway right like alonzo says you want to you want to make a difference do you want to help that guy like and he points to the the cop helping change the woman's tire well you know what ethan hawk wants to do both he wants to be in in narcotics and and be a hero and take criminals off the streets and he'll change someone's tire, and he's gonna he's going to do the right thing uh, when it matters. Yeah, and that's he's the hero. He'll beat two crackheads trying to rape a little girl. Yeah, like. and what does it say about how people remember this film, even how we're talking about it now? That the most memorable thing about this movie is Denzel, the villain. Right? We're not we're not praising <laughs> Ethan Hawke's performance in this. We're not praising uh, Jake uh, and his and his heroic actions here because it still comes well, down to he. He doesn't 100% go towards full justice here. He turns his back and lets the neighborhood take care of Alonzo. He walks Fucking away. deal with yeah. it. Yeah. Let God sort him out. <laughs> so that question of... I mean, my favorite yeah. scene has always been Jake fighting the two crackheads. That's always been, like, the scene for me mm-hmm. of that film. And I know that kind of goes against the normal trend when we talk about this flick, but... 
that's always been one of my favorite things. And maybe because I know like later it saves his ass. Yeah. <laughs> but I always look forward to it. I mean, fuck those guys. They're doing some real fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, I honestly, it watching that scene struck me this time because the the crackhead that gets the most grief in that situation, even before Alonzo shows up, is the black guy. And any passerby with a cell phone in the moment might see a white cop beating up a black crackhead and, <laughs> and jump to conclusions. I think about that. And, yeah. and watching that, I'm like, I, I saw that moment, I'm like, because oh, he does the chokehold. I mean, hell, Denzel even points yeah. it out. You did that that illegal chokehold on that guy. Yep. And it struck me like... That's a big no-no. That's a, that is... He did the right thing though. Like I, it would take um, an investigation to to clear Ethan Hawke's name to be like, no, he saved this little fourteen year old girl's life, and and people would jump to conclusions and be like, look at this white cop attacking a black man. And it's like, hold on, we need the full story here. Yeah. And and uh, you know this is it's such a touchy subject, and I'm not trying to be insensitive. It's just it's amazing to me that that was even in that script from <laughs> over. 18 years ago and yeah and hell air wrote this script <laughs> in the early 90s so even going back even further who knows where that that moment was in there but i think it's important that the that the that this is um ethan hawk is a young white cop and denzel is a is this powerful black cop and and the questions that raises in terms of how you perceive Denzel through the course of this movie, because the weakest he is in this whole movie is when he's in the three wise men scene, these three rich suit wearing cigar, smoking wine, drinking white, powerful assholes. Like though those three guys, yeah, those three guys are just as evil as Denzel. Who's out there on the streets killing guys. They are fucking Tom Berenger, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and and that that scene is so interesting to me because you can see Denzel is he he wants he wants to be at that table, but he doesn't belong at yeah. that table. He has to pull up a chair. He's not sitting at the booth. He doesn't. He's not in yeah. on the joke when they're laughing. And he's like, Haha, yeah, yeah. What's this joke? Go ahead, tell me what's so funny. He's the yeah. he's in the weakest position there, and that leads me to question how. What were those choices that he had to make to get to that point? Because the system is obviously being corrupted by these evil white assholes that control the whole thing. They're the puppet masters, right? Mm-hmm. So what did Alonzo have to do to get there? That's that's it's yeah. it's so huh. complex of a of a scenario that that's like the one moment of sympathy I have for what Alonzo has gone through because we don't know. He he says like when he looks at Ethan Hawke, we don't know if he's lying or not cuz he's such a he is a liar, but he says, "Man, you remind me of yeah. you remind me of me. You remind me of me. I want to save the world." Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh that's so powerful. Like <laughs> and it, it's all gone. Like I mean, he's become so corrupted that that doesn't matter to him mm-hmm. anymore. He, it's about him getting that piece of the pie, moving up that ladder, getting you know, his detective shield and, you know, obviously going up and up and up and trying to climb. And, you know, now he's got, he's got to take care of this hit. He's got to cash out. He made a mistake. You know? He beat up that Russian yep. in Vegas, yep. which was, uh, again, another one of those things that he I let his temper remember. get to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't say his methods don't work though. 15,000 man hours of incarceration on him yep. and his investigations <laughs> that's really and again it's like oh man what how what are what are those choices do are the bad choices he make i mean did he really he locked up 15,000 hours of 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 criminals or of criminals he's right so but we don't we don't have all the information who were those criminals did he lock up the right guys is he because he's willing to let all these other people go and he's willing to to cross all these lines you're not supposed to cross. <laughs> it's, God, I just really, really enjoy some of the complexity in some of the simplest lines and moments in this whole movie. I'm, I'll be honest, like, you're bringing up points I didn't even think about when I was watching. I was just like, damn, this movie's good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, man, how's he going to get out of this? <laughs> I know he doesn't, but 
what's going on again? Oh, he's got to get the A-OK from Homeboy. That's why they robbed the, the other people. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, chess, and, not checkers. You know, I, exactly, exactly. And it, he's playing chess the entire time. I mean, from hey, but you, 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 you bring up these you, awesome yeah. points that I, I, I honestly, like, I mean, I f- just totally look past them. And I, <laughs> I feel like I usually grab onto some of this stuff, but, man, I was just so, like, lost in that world. And I feel like that kind of happens every time I watch this flick is I'm just lost in what's going on that with, with the characters and this. Like, I feel like I feel that kind of, like, fear in the pit of my stomach mm-hmm. when um you know ethan hawk is smoking the P- pcp and like, you know, oh that god you're gonna be tripping just, balls <laughs> yeah and you know just i don't know i guess i feel that and it's just so distracting from some of this bigger picture stuff that i <laughs> i honestly have never thought about well, and, that, and that's where you know, i love that you're opening the, my my eyes to it because that's so much more fascinating and seeing, you know, it makes me almost wish we had a little bit more with Alonzo and learning a little bit more about how he's been coming up and kind of what is his end goal, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, obviously he wants to make money and, you know, all that stuff, but what what was his, like, you know, final goal, <laughs> well, right? Yeah, and, I mean, at, at, you know, so, at the, this point it was just ooh, to beat the russians he's like here's your money here's your money but i'm more interested in the how did he get to where he is like why was he he's so destroyed and i'm more and i'm happy not yeah. having those answers i'm happy to be able to look at what's there and and peel it away something that also struck yeah, me about piece this together our own things yeah you know, it's our own theory it's a it it feels very real and visceral and that's why it's so easy to watch this movie and just yeah. and like you're saying, you you're not peeling back the surface. I'm I'm that sort of asshole who overanalyzes films, so that's what I do. But the I I love the fact that this feels real. There's there though I pointed out before that there's a noirish cinematography and lighting to this movie. It's a very bright film, right? Like we yeah. We, I mean, most of it takes place during the day. Yeah, right? it isn't until the final showdown and that it, it's at night. It doesn't have like a shit ton of like color correction or anything. And by TC, you're not an asshole. <laughs> I mean, we do this show so we overanalyze, you know. Well, I'll, I'll go one I step further. Like I usually deeper. keep up with you. I keep up with you, baby. Well, let, but man, you got me beat. I, can't, I didn't even think about. It. I was just like, man, these fucking guys. Like, <laughs> well, I'm gonna pull back even further here. Je- uh, I almost called you Jeff. <laughs> Sorry, wrong podcast. Steve, Steve, uh, I'm gonna go one step <clears> further because this <throat> I do this to Jeff <clears> sometimes on. Time shelf where i will i'll dig deeper than he expected and uh, dig baby dig <laughs> this movie has this visceral reality to it and and we talk about the choices leading to how everything unfolds alonzo made choices to get where he is jake made the choices that got him to where he is the difference is alonzo's choices and the consequences feel much more like yeah your comeuppance, man. This is this is how the world really works. You don't get to live a life like that and come out alive and come out on top. Because even even mm-hmm. at the top of the heap, no one in his neighborhood likes or respects him. They hate his ass. But he's just got all the power. And when Jake strips that power away, he's exposed for the fraud that he is. That he's he's not this almighty person anymore. And that feels very realistic. And yeah. it's Jake's story that I think feels most fantastical because of the fact that he saved that little girl by making the right choice that saved his life later with uh, Smiley and the guys. That's yeah, and pretty freaking lucky. I mean, even, <laughs> even just him kind of going against the group, right? Like you always hear like, you know, cops stick together, like no matter what, mm. et cetera, et cetera, you know? And obviously this is taking place before, you know, a lot of the hoopla or not hoopla, but (laughs) a lot of the horrible things that have been going on now. Um, You know, so the idea of him like not just kind of going with the flow is also kind of fantastical. If you ask me, it it is unfortunate that that there is that weird. It's that it's the narc is considered a bad term when you hear that you're going to be a narc. You're going to narc on me. 
And it's because yep. in in the big picture of things, those are the cops that have to deceive, that have to get in the dirt, that have to get down there on the streets and expose criminals and and take them down. And that's that, that's yeah. got to be one of the toughest jobs for uh, law enforcement is is in in terms of street law enforcement. Obviously, military yeah. is going to be on a different level of things, but to yeah to ethan hawk has only been a cop his character jake has only been a, ho- a cop for 19 months like a year and a half he's been doing this and he's yeah. he's been thrust into one of the worst days of his life and <laughs> but he came but he <laughs> what came, a shitty day to start <laughs> but you know what but it was all planned do you i've been planning for it all week do you want to go to jail or you want to go home he wants to go home what and at the end of the day home? at the end of this movie he gets to go home and that's yep. he he made all the right choices that got him Back to his wife and child. Street justice. <laughs> justice was served in one in one way or another. Just uh, was f- definitely served. And the and the question it's much like those questions of how did Alonzo get to where he's gonna go. The question is where does Jake go from here? And yeah, I feel like he's got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you, he's got to deal with the Wiseman. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, they they backed Alonzo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, well, honestly, he he that training day was the greatest training day of his life because he learned so much about the system that he he dreamed of being a part of. He because at the beginning of the day, he tells his wife, he's like, I just got to do this. And and this is the kind of job that will get me my own unit that I can work up and I can I can make a difference. And he has this very yeah. uh, altruistic and and bright eyed, very Boy Scout. Yeah. And what, like how? I don't know if he w- he certainly wasn't corrupted by this day, but he certainly was changed by this day. And he's gonna wear those scars think- on his face until they heal. But he's gonna wear those scars. Uh, emotionally and physically or internally that Alonzo gave him for the rest of his career. I think he learned, he learned about the snail, right? Like, <laughs> you know, he, he <laughs> I, re- I made a note of this. I wanted to know what your interpretation you know? of the snail joke was. So for, you know, for those who like, may, he may not have rewatched it, it uh, um, uh, there's a, uh, who is it? It's uh, someone tells him a joke. Um, Scott Glenn tells him a joke, right? Scott Glenn. Yeah. And it says snails on a porch guy picks him up, throws him, he cracks his shell. He drags his ass all the way. It's, I'm paraphrasing. Gets back to the the um, the porch. A year later, the guy picks him up and goes, uh, "The fuck's your problem? What the fuck's wrong with you?" Yeah. <laughs> and and Ethan Hawke laughs and goes, "That's not funny. Why is that funny?" And Scott <laughs> Scott Glenn's character says, "You figure that joke out, you'll figure out the streets." And um, so you brought it up, Steve. What is your feeling about that? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the snail. <laughs> you got it's all about the snail. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't have an interpretation for that joke necessarily. I don't, and I always felt like um I always felt like the important part of that scene was Ethan Hawke's reply and it was about the smiles and cries. Mm-hmm. And that's actually another line that really has stuck with me throughout the years was that's that's something we can control that's something we have all you have is your smiles and your cries our smiles and cries and i mean that's really like powerful you think about it you know like you could see somebody having a horrible day and sometimes you just smile at them and that can make their day better and maybe they won't show it or they won't tell you you know but that can make a difference for someone and i think that can be a big deal for a cop right i mean yeah you know it's controlling those emotions and um making a difference on other people's lives and i think i think what this training day taught him was the reality of the world Mm -hmm. that it wasn't so much the way he thought it was right it's like the the essays after they like let him go they're like hey you know this was just business right like and he's just like, yeah, and he moves on with his life, you know, where if that happened at the beginning of the movie, I don't think he would have just been like, <laughs> no. you know, oh, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, you know, and I, I, I think he learns about the street and he, he accepts that sometimes you've just got to let 
let them deal with each other, let the wolves deal with each other, you know? Yeah, and in, in just, just sitting here now talking about that scene in particular, he gets, he, he leaves there, he gets on the bus, he loads up his gun, and he goes to Alonzo. He's the snail. Yeah. He just got thrown over the fence, broken yep. shell, and it, that shell but is cracked. back on, he's ready. Yeah, and he, and he went back, and, and Alonzo, he may not have said it, but essentially is... Jake comes back as the snail, and Alonzo says, "What do you? What the fuck's wrong with you?" And and the answer to yeah. that is, "No. What's wrong with you? Because yep. I know who I am, and I know what I'm doing, and I and I know why I'm back here. You're why I'm back here. Why am I? You're the problem. What's wrong with you? I think maybe that's what Scott Glenn was trying to say with that stupid joke. Maybe that's the interpretation. There is that the it's not a punchline. It's not a joke. The 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 lesson of the street is, you know, when someone asks you what's wrong with you, the answer is no. What's wrong with you? <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. that's it. Why are you throwing me? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do to you? Why did you Why did you do that to me? Why did you break my shell? Why did you Why did you throw me over that fence? I'm just on your fence? porch. <laughs> I'm just on your porch. <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, Jake goes back. To uh, they called it the jungle in the movie, right? Yeah, like, yeah, the neighborhood's the jungle, and like, like the most dangerous place for a white cop to be <laughs> yeah. walking through, you know. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't give a fuck. He's there to fight Alonzo, mm-hmm. like, you know, either take him to jail or they're gonna, they're gonna throw down. He was ready for a gunfight. Yeah, and funnily enough, that is actually a real gang neighborhood. That they that the production company had to get permission from the leader of either the Crips or the Bloods. I'm sorry, I could look it up real quick, but to film in that area. And the deal was, yes, you can film in this legitimately gang war zone neighborhood. If I get to watch every day of filming, and my and my gang members get to be in the movie, and so the extras yeah. in that scene are actual legitimate gangsters, gang gangsters. Yeah. That's that's pretty intense. That's that's commitment to a <laughs> to a. Uh, See, I'd, I'd heard that before. You know, like that it was like that's an actual neighbor. Like, <laughs> you want to be careful. Yeah, like, watch. Don't watch. go there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the movie sells authenticity. I mean, just the whole like making Snoop like throw up his crack. Like, that's totally some shit that would go down. You know, like. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple like, like Alonzo coming out with two handguns and like just unloading on those guys in the neighborhood. Like mm-hmm. some of that's a little like, that's kind of dumb. But, <laughs> what are you doing, man? You know, well, he, whatever. We, he thought he was. We, gotta, we have to have some badass moments, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So th- this movie was really, it was really interesting to go back and rewatch this one because I certainly did have my feelings about this. I always considered this a very good movie. I always considered it one yep. of David Ayer's best. Um, I, f- I forgot Fuqua was the director on this, which is stupid because every time he has a movie, it's like, from the director of Training Day. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what Fuqua has really done after this, though. I feel like it's been a lot of... Not very good. Movies. <laughs> um, like, this remains to be his best. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this is. <laughs> I think everyone involved. This is their best. I. I. I, I do love End of Watch, um, but I think it's. I think it's Denzel being in Training Day that amps it up that much further. Um, oh man, it's a. That's a tough call because I really do like End of Watch. Um, obviously, like I said earlier. And anyone's listening to the show, it was one of my top, I think it was in my top three, Ben as well. I think he put in his top three as well the year it oh, came out. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah, Fuqua, man. <laughs> How the mighty hath fallen. <laughs> well, He's like done a bunch of like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> do, you have, like, do you have his movie, uh, his uh, his movie, uh, video, uh, what does he, do you have anything else up? What, what else so he's done? So there's Training Day, and then he's got Tears of the Sun. Oh, Bruce oh, Willis, yeah. Uh, King Arthur, <laughs> Shooter, uh, Brooklyn's Finest. Uh, yeah, okay. Columbus has fallen. Yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the Equalizer. Uh, he's he, he's got a lot of like uh, it's okay. Like 
you know, it's fun. It's entertaining. Uh, but like, it's it's air. I think is the big the big one here because we recently watched Bright, which I said earlier. And uh, if you haven't watched mm-hmm. Bright, obviously it's on Netflix. You can watch it. I'd, I'd like to get a little spoilery here, but I don't know about you. But when they pulled the training day moments in Bright, I yes, rolled my yes. eyes so hard, <laughs> so hard. Oh, dude! When that happened, I was like, "Motherfucker! <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now?" And then they don't do it. They don't do it. Yeah. They don't go all the way with it. Like I liked that. I liked that the the dad was like, "Oh well, I'll fucking still shoot." Him. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to so wonder I if that. if Max Landis as he wrote it was like, "Oh, this is a great homage to Training Day," and it wasn't because no nope. tra- training. Um, sorry, Bright has so much potential, and I feel like it missed nearly every time. Because there's such, yep. it's a it's a very repetitive film. It's like, okay, let's run from these guys, hide here. Now we'll run from these guys and hide uh, here. Now we'll run from these guys and hide uh, here. It's a shame. Uh, I just that movie starts off so strong. Yeah, it, with the world building and just seeing these gangs. And I actually kind of dug that that scene where they were talking about being blooded and all that. And like, I liked seeing these orc gangsters. Like, I just thought it was, yeah, there's, you know, there's, there, great. there was a lot of potential <laughs> in it, but I think that, that, but then they get all like with the magic stuff. Right. And then right. it's like, ugh, it's, ugh. it's, I think what, what missed the mark was a, a problem that a lot of movies since training day have had, which is, Training Day is, in a way, this very unique film that just worked so well that there's all these copycats that have come since. Like, I can, just off the top of my head right now, I remember Kurt Russell had a movie called Dark Blue with Scott Speedman, which was about a badass cop. And it was very much this this crappy Training Day ripoff. Um, And that's, and Bright feels that way too, where it's like, you're not Training Day. Stop trying to be. You had such potential to be something else. Yeah, there's there's just something about training day that is is so unique for something that is pretty simple. It's just one day, one really bad day for a young rookie cop in, who, in learn, LA. who learns the <laughs> truth of the streets. Right. Yep. It's uh, bright could have been just so fucking cool. And it had to be this chosen one story and it just had to go just through all these like fa- generic fantasy tropes when it could have just been a really good like end of watch with some fucking fantasy stuff yeah you know i mean that's what i was looking for that was what i was hoping for when i first saw the trailer for it, i was like okay mm-hmm. i can get behind this you know and you know will smith is charismatic as ever i mean He's he was great. I I, I like Joel Edgerton as uh, the orc. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name anymore. <laughs> um, you know, and I loved all the little like tidbits like this is the greatest love story ever song. Like you know, stupid <laughs> shit like that. Like it, I don't know. There was so much that could have been. It, it reminded me of Shadowrun as well. I don't know. How oh yeah 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 yeah. I'm, I am familiar with Shadowrun. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and it just it swings for it it goes for it and it just fucking misses (laughs) and you know we we talked about it a little bit even the action scenes are just blurry and you know just aren't great yeah they're they're poorly shot uh numi remace is in the movie and i feel like she's completely wasted because she's such a talented actress totally and they completely waste her as this just force of nature style character which don't get me wrong can work for something for yeah. for someone of her caliber, or uh, an example of that would be um, Kate Blanchett's character in Hannah. She plays this very aggressive, per- this force of nature chasing the hero. So that can work. That's not something that uh, ha- that has been done, and has been it has been done well. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel like Bright nailed it, and it's and it's just because I can't help but compare it to better versions of the same story such as end of watch end of and watch, specifically training, training. yeah yeah and it, the the action scenes too like none of them accomplish anything yeah there's no reason for most of these action scenes which to and... to swing that back to training day is something that also struck me that this movie not being as violent as i remembered it uh just made the tension in like the the scene with smiley and the and the vatos um the uh yeah uh 
the the end sequence, which which uh, when he's chasing him out of his uh, his home, uh, when when uh, Jake and Alonzo are fighting on the roof, and he lands on the hood of the car, and he's out there in the street. Yeah, those action sequences. <laughs> this this is this is not an action movie. Train Day is not an action movie. And action movies, not I, at all. I love the I love the Raid. I love Dread. I love action movies. Die Hard. Don't get me wrong, but uh, in terms of something like Bright or uh, other movies of their ilk, if you have no, if there's not enough development of the characters, you don't then you don't care about the action they're going through. It just becomes flashy fun it's and and it's it's fast food when your action sucks yeah get (laughs) get look at the first john wick like the the stakes are there you understand those action sequences are beautifully handled but we also understand kill the guy's puppy (laughs) we also understand why the action is happening the action without drama is pointless i guess that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) I 100% agree. It was like, you know, just somebody wanted to see a bunch of machine guns going off for the sake of it. And it was like, and Netflix was just like, okay, here's another check. Like, <laughs> And there is a place, ahead. there is a place for that. There is a place for mind-numbing action movies. Absolutely. But, but this movie doesn't even succeed on that. Right, right. You're talking about just you being, know, being like, clear about that. <laughs> yeah. Right is not like succeeding even at that part because I'm okay with let's just watch some dumb action. I mean, I'll watch The Rock all day. It's not a great movie. It's <laughs> fucking fun though, you know. It's like, got, it's got uh... Michael Bay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, I, it's. I mean, it's not Transformers bad, but no, 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 no. So, so <laughs> in the in the grand scheme of things, uh, do you recommend Training Day? Do you recommend Training Day to oh. people, and and maybe more specifically, who would you recommend Training Day to? I mean, I I kind of think everyone should watch this flick. I, I don't this know. Movie. Would you think, think you think your grandma would be I mean, would not be little kids? You know, okay. I guess uh, if you're an adult between the ages of seventeen and like my mom's age so let's go with 60 60 okay let's go with 60 i'll be nice to her <laughs> then then watch then watch training day i'm gonna be a little watch training day i'm I gonna mean, be a little more specific I, 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 i'm gonna be a little more specific so i think that uh especially doing this new watch of it and and analyzing a little deeper this is this is a film to watch in as as a a filmmaker experience really take a look at every aspect of this movie and try to figure out why does it work why from script to direction to performance to to this the brightness of the cinematography and the city itself being this not not los angeles los angeles isn't exactly a character in this per se but the but the setting of the streets is a character in the film and yes 100 percent. i mean they spend all their time driving or on the side of a road or you know yeah. running into a house real quick yeah there's but most of that movie is in a street or driving on a street <laughs> <laughs> so my recommendation is to to especially if you haven't seen this movie in a while go back and watch it again Re- Really take take in take the take into account how poignant it still is in terms of the the societal uh, talking points in the film, but from a filmmaking perspective, filmmakers perspective, uh, really really pay attention to to the area that interests you most. Most. Ugh. I apologize right now, folks, uh, if I'm having trouble speaking because I'm freezing my ass off recording this episode. <laughs> He's very cold. My lips are going numb, but I'm determined to get through this whole episode. <laughs> you can do it. Monkey Kong can just shit on you, TC. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Steve, uh, before we wrap up here, I'm wondering, do you have any other uh, crime or police movies that you that you love? Because we just watched Lethal Weapon before this, and now we watch Training Day. Those, with, yeah. and not on purpose. Those two movies have a lot to, that are comparable, but they're also wildly different in terms of, of cop movies. Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I didn't even think about that. I know. I didn't think of it until just now, actually, that like we went from <laughs> Lethal Weapon, which is this, you know, it is what it is, and then Training Day, which is this Oscar-quality two, film. Two guys becoming super close, <laughs> and this 
two guys getting very basically <laughs> trying to kill each other. <laughs> uh, do you have any other cop movies that, and not just movies that have a cop in it, like Die Hard's not a cop movie, but um, movies yeah. of the street, movie um, of this ilk. Uh, is there any others that you that you like or that you go to often? My immediate reaction is, of course, I. If you're listening to this and you're not thinking we're gonna say, not gonna say end of watch, I mean, just fucking watch end of watch. We've said it at least fifty uh, times actually, at this point. So, uh, L.A. Confidential was what I was thinking. Ah, about. speaking of noir, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of my go-to noir like mm-hmm. flick. Um, I just watched Street Kings again as well. <laughs> we we almost did Street Kings instead of Training Day, but it wasn't streaming anywhere. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's not as bad as I remember. So okay. maybe Street Kings if you have it. <laughs> okay. I'll, I, you know what? I'll give it I'll give it a rewatch. I'll go back and rewatch you Street know, it's, Kings. It's cool to see Keanu, mm-hmm. like, pre-John Wick, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> be a badass pre-John well, Wick. It's it's okay. It's it, like Forrest Whitaker's character is, like, where I imagine Alonzo wanted to be in the end of his career. <laughs> like... <laughs> all right, all right. Well, if, my, like, if I may recommend some <laughs> cop movies that I, that um, uh, I enjoy, I I think uh, if you like the cat and mouse of two characters who are on different sides of what they believe justice is, you can't go wrong with Heat because you got um, freaking De Niro, oh, yeah, De Niro and Pacino going head to head. Oh, um, you got the bad guy and the good guy. <laughs> but what I will, what I want to recommend, and I don't, I'm not recommending it for the sake of its comedy, but Hot Fuzz. Because Hot Fuzz oh, yeah. has a one a genuinely heroic police officer. It's not a gangster movie. It's a cop movie, and it's a cop movie about a hero cop who does everything right. Um, there's this fantastic uh, YouTube channel called Movies with Mikey, and he does these really wonderful movie analyses. And his his on, his one on Hot Fuzz is definitely worth the watch. Um, because it, you you may already love Hot Fuzz, you will love it all the more when he peels back. He'll peel back all the layers. So check out. Um, oh, I think the channel peel them back. The the channel is Film Joy Movies with Mikey Hot Fuzz. Check that out, and you'll you'll uh, you'll come peel to it, love. Mikey. <laughs> um, uh, you okay. know what? Uh, one more I thought of French Connection. Oh yeah, You're going classic here. Yes, dude. He the badass cop that will know no bounds. <laughs> well, you want a little? You want uh, pick your feet in Poughkeepsie? You want a little uh, little factoid about um, uh, French Connection? Because that's uh, Gene Hackman, right? Mr. Hackman. Mr. Hackman. Okay. You see, I would love a little. You tidbit. would love a tip. Okay, Steve, check this out. What's his? Mm. Okay, so every day when they were filming on the streets, Gene Hackman went to this little corner restaurant right there in New York City, and he got his lunch there every day. He didn't want the catering. He went and got lunch at this local just joint right and they specialized in a certain type of food at this joint and that's why gene hackman would go there all the time do you remember what his character's name is in the french connection jimmy doyle no popeye doyle Ah, i looked it up (laughs) (laughs) that little hole in the wall fried chicken place renamed themselves Popeye's popeye's chicken Holy shit. <laughs> really? So you have the Popeye's chicken food chain has every they have the French connection to thank for their existence. Huh. Isn't <laughs> isn't that a fun little factoid there, Steve? I like that. That's a good factoid. His his name is Jimmy Popeye Doyle. That's right. That's right. But Love that chicken at Popeyes. <laughs> Love that chicken at Popeyes. All right, well, I need to wrap this up before my fingers fall off. Steve, no, thank you so TC. much for being on the show again. <laughs> of course, Mr. TC. Yep, yep. Uh, Until next time. Well, well, I want to do some quick plugs real quick. You can check out uh, anything we have on Redacted Media. If wherever you're listening to this, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, feel free to comment, uh, like, share, subscribe. Anything you have to say about... Uh, uh, training day or Denzel or or just anything we had to say on this episode, hit us up. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at TC's Big Head. You can also follow me on Instagram um, or you can comment on Redacted Media, facebook.com slash Redacted Media LLC. Steve, do you want to plug a Twitter? I never remember if you have one. 
No, we're good. Okay, so if you want to hit up Steve, you can tweet him at TC's Big Head. Hey. Uh, quick shout out to Ben, who's still traveling abroad, but he will be back soon with lots of tales He's from such a around world the world. Traveler. I know, I'm super jealous. Um, uh, so much love to Ben and the band with no name. You can follow Ben on Twitter and Instagram at Benji Toes. Check out all the cool content that he has available to him. Benji Toes. Yep. Uh, quick plug to uh, Top Shelf over at GhostHat.net, the other podcast I do weekly, which is Disney Movies, a far, far cry from Training Day. And <laughs> I suppose I should have apologized up front. If you only have listened to me on that cast, I apologize for the R-rated nature of our language in this episode. <laughs> But uh, you made it this far, so thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Steve, once again, yes, thank you so much for being on. You're going to be on again, right? I I hope I get the invite, guys. (laughs) Don't don't stop me like I was Timmy Wiseau and you're James Franco. (laughs) You'll be back. All right, so uh, I'm going to wrap it up here because I'm freezing my fingers off. I'm TC for Ben, for Steve, across the country from me, for all the rewatchmen everywhere saying, whatever you're doing out there, creative as it may be, don't let anyone stop you. Keep doing what you're doing. We'll talk to you next time.